We are back. Uh, hey, it's the Gunza guys. Hey. Uh, we are back after a couple weeks. Um, because we inadvertently, intermittently do our little ditty, and that's all that we do. And um, this week, uh, we're back. I kind of feel like, Tim, I kind of feel like uh, at the end of The Color of Money, where, like, I'm Paul Newman, and I got, I refuse to, like, do anything about my poor playing on the pool table. Not to give anything away, but, <laughs> but, um, all of a sudden I ended up getting a pair of prescription glasses, and I feel like this movie we got this week is uh, that prescription glasses, and all of a sudden I can shoot pool again. I feel like we're at the end of the color of money where I just say, I'm back! And then I just, boom, knock it out. That's kind of how yeah. I feel right now. I feel pretty good. I feel like Paul Newman with glasses. That last one kind of put us in a funk. Oh, my God. Uh, even yes. even though, like, like it tried to get my spirits up with the uh, Paul Simon ripoff, it just doesn't, it just didn't really. It was, too, it was just too, oh, so bland, uh, as the title said. It was bland. Yes, and you can thank me for, for cleansing the palate. Um, it was just oof. It was a full. It was a full dose of that. You know what though? Uh, I I know that you feel like we're back too because you were on it on the sound effects this week. Oh yeah, it's it's time to dust those off. Yes, that's right. Oh man. So um so how you doing? What have you been up to? Oh, I don't know. I've been conventioning and doing some other things you haven't been they, hanging around the streets of new york have you no i haven't hanging around the streets of new york uh, like circa 1980s new york circa 1980s new york haven't been doing that um well you know i did get assaulted by a giant six foot cop and it kept me from uh, you know i was had all these grand designs on sending out all this promo stuff to our fan base on social media <laughs> and um this this cop who was kind of like a maniac yeah like said I couldn't do it so I didn't and um, so hopefully we can you know he'll get off my case here but uh, it was coincidental in that we watched a movie called uh, Maniac Cop Maniac so, Cop I, he didn't kill me obviously No, well you know what I didn't even give a chance I was actually I was at Austin City Limits Music Festival last couple weeks and uh, cops started walking toward me and I just shot him first because i didn't want to have to deal with the fact that he might be a maniac he might be a maniac cop so you just got to put one through the head yeah i didn't even mess around i'm so scared of maniac cops like zombie cops like no i don't like that kind of stuff so i'll shoot first zombie or cop you just gotta gotta plug them yeah yeah so fortunately i survived that i mean uh, this austin city limits was awesome i saw randy marsh play um i mean lord uh i saw beck beck was cool uh, Outcast won the whole uh, Austin City Limits Music Festival. Pearl Jam was cool, but I, are you a fan of Pearl Jam, Tim? Um, I had there was a time. Thank you. Yeah. I was the same way. Like I was like the first three albums, and then I dropped off. Right, and then they had, they had a couple albums in after that that were good, but it was kind of like one decent one, then well, one that was. And they're still making albums because oh my lord, oh, oh my they, Randy Marsh, they, they were like super mega Pearl Jam fans there and they were just shocked that I was like what is this? I got bored in the middle of their set I was like this is boring and then, I think they got a little bland and... 
But like, there's mega fans. There are mega yeah, they fans did, out they, there. They pulled the whole. We're gonna record our shows and two. Um, what else? Eminem sucked. I didn't like Eminem at all. Yeah. I was interested in seeing Eminem, but he played, and I was just—he was not entertaining at all. I don't—I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I saw like uh, some smaller stuff, like Broken Bells, uh, Jenny Lewis. Uh, I saw Sam Smith, who's the hotness these days. Another white, yeah. another white soul singer from Britain. I mean, come on, <laughs> Anna Matt got into that stuff. You know, it's good stuff. You saw Beck, didn't you? I saw Beck. Beck was amazing. Yeah, Beck was pretty. cool. Um, wait, hang on a second. There's a there's a maniac cop here. Hang on a second. Oh, ah, oh, ah. Hang on. Get he's, it. He doesn't seem to be going down. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll stop yeah, talking. I thought I got him at the festival, but apparently I didn't. Oh, at any rate, um, oh, right, he's getting closer. Nah, it was really cool. I um, I um, uh, yes. I uh, I have a Samsung Galaxy phone, not to not not to pimp, but um, if you get there early enough and you go through and do their corporate marketing stuff, like what, almost like what you did conventioneering, right? Like mm-hmm. if you do that, uh, you get like a wristband. You, you get to hang out in their tent. And you can get a couple of drink tickets, so you can get some cocktails and you get some food. and You That's can like, sit on a couch and hang out and exactly, stuff. It's exactly like conventioning. If you go talk to the right vendors, you get a ticket to their party. Exactly. I, it's it's the more and more I realize, the more and more marketing revolves around getting your customers super drunk and and opening so, their pockets and perhaps maybe their pants. Uh, well, I don't know if that goes on, but you know, yeah, you get a bunch of brains all together. But uh, all in all, it was good, and I survived it, except for that maniac cop. Who apparently, he's not going away. I see. Wait. You need to get him out of here. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, there. There. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me turn on my video camera. Hang on. Oh, yes. That was the video camera sound, by the way. Oh, okay, click. I'm recording you. Oh, he's gone now. He can't handle the police brutality on film. Phew. All right, so. Um, hey, uh, I picked it this week, um, and, and here's why. Um, That's you picked it. I, I picked it. I'm kind of I'm kind of proud of it because I feel like it just brings us back to our roots. I'm so excited about it. Uh, but um, I'm also excited about the fact that it has one Robert Zadar in it. It does. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is. He is a very arresting personality. And uh, but I I felt like I, I you know I, I've talked about it before. We were like. Uh, we're kind of like in a family, not us specifically, but like, I feel like we're all in a family of bad movie genre, like, like entertainers, if, if you are entertained from this. Like, there's, there's, of course, Mission Science 2000, Cinematic Titanic, uh, Rift Tracks, um, you know, there's, uh, but uh, Red Letter Media. Now, Red Letter Media is, is the group, is the guys up in Wisconsin that uh, I caught when and reminded myself of one of Robert Zadar because they talked about me. They reminded of who? Robert Zadar. <laughs> I see how this is. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Like you said, we're back. Exactly. So they talked to the guy who starred in Samurai Cop, and they had like a two-part episode, and it ended up being like one of their best, the worst things, which is a great YouTube show if you guys like video. Uh, you should check it out. 
Um, but uh, they had uh, that other guy I mentioned in there. Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready for it yet. So, um, but I re it reminded me that I'd seen him in a couple other things, and it, it was totally right down our alleyway because he was like the B movie guy in the eighties and like especially in the nineties. And it's touched upon other bad movie stuff. Like he was in Soul Taker, which was a movie that Mystery Science Theater 2000 lampooned, of course. Uh, but he was also in some other like like crazy ass movies. Like he was in. Um, well, I requested this one movie, and I'm putting this request out to everybody right now, because uh, we don't have it. If it's, somebody well, has the guns of El Chupacabra, yeah. let us know. Get in contact with us, because that's it's what I originally wanted to do. It can be it can be had, but we're trying to find... Um, we're trying to find a more legitimate way of getting it. Um, so just In know, terms of bad the, movies, more legitimate way. And the name of that movie again is The Guns of El Chupacabre. All right, listeners. Uh, and if you, if anybody needs any memory jogging, it has Julie Strain and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles creator Kevin Eastman in it, as well as um, Joe Estevez. <laughs> is there anybody else in that movie? I mean, does does it even matter? <laughs> it might. Is there someone else in that movie they should be looking for in IMDb? Uh, they should look for their, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Robert Zadar. <laughs> You'll get why we play that here in a minute. Oh, but, yes, you will. Uh, who else is in it? Um, I don't know, but if you have that movie or you know, just just get you social media. So you know where to find us. And now it has sequels, not unlike the movie that I ended up landing on. I had another movie I wanted, to, I thought about doing, but it was too much like uh, the Deadly Prey that it would it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been good. So this is the right movie for the right time. This is the right movie for the right time for a lot of reasons, and here's why. Um, it's kind of a horror movie thriller. We are in October. Uh, it is an '80s kind of grindhouse movie. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's it's it captures perfectly the kind of grind that what New York was into in the mid to late '80s. Um, for those of you who are uh, are about who are old enough to remember the Royals being in the World Series like they are now, um, you would remember that uh, New York had a bad rap in the late 80s about being just crime-ridden, especially like in Times Square. And uh, this movie kind of captured that kind of feel with it. But the other really important thing, uh, well, uh, oh, it also had Richard Roundtree in it, who, uh, of course, was Shaft. Um, is that right? Yeah. Richard Roundtree was Shaft. Yes. He had to have been. Yeah, he's John Shaft. So John Shaft was in this movie. I mean, think about it, right? But also, Bruce Campbell was in this movie. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, you had some primo B movie. I know, right? Although, and as we get in this movie, I'm not cheering on Bruce as much. But um, this movie had your your run, your 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 smorgasbord of B-movie actors, and, uh... There's a lot. The main detective was one you see in B-movies all the time. Was that the raspy grass, the voice guy? No, 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 the guy with the mustache and the white hair. Yeah, so yeah, that, that guy. That guy pops a lot. Sometimes he's a bad guy, sometimes he's a cop. Usually he's a grizzled cop. Um, he got a lot of work. I cannot remember what the guy's name is. I will tell you here in just a moment. Oh, the raspy cop was, uh, the cop was William Smith. 
Now, who was the detective? Who was Detective uh, Monroe? Oh, Detective Monroe. Um, so we have, like, a lot. Like, uh, Lori Landon was in this movie. Um, what else? Tom Atkins was Frank McRae. There you go. Frank McRae. It was McRae. Yeah. Frank Atkins is, he shows up in a lot of movies, usually a grizzled detective or cop. Uh, sometimes he's a bad guy. Um, so... Um, anyway, the, if we didn't say it already, it's Maniac Cop. So. Yeah, starring Robert Zadar. <laughs> oh, hey. Lorraine Landon is also in Samurai Cop 2, so that's what it's Oh, hey. You know, you gotta... It's like their own little family of B-movie people. Hmm. But uh, Tom Atkins was in... He's known for, like, I'm totally ripping up. He's known for Lethal Weapon, Halloween 3, Escape to New York. He was in Oz for a bit. He was on the Rockford Files. Um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't in Samurai Cop? Uh, I don't think he was. No. Laureen Landon would have been, too, because that was kind of the vibe of that thing. She was in, So she was in, what was she in? Uh, she was in um, uh, she was in Samurai Cop 2 I'm assuming that she's in Samurai Cop but she's also uh, Canadian which is important oh. um, no she's in Samurai Cop 2 she's not in that but she was in um, oh she was in Airplane 2 uh, and oh boy she was in Maniac. She was in Maniac Cop Two, of course. And that's the other thing. Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop had two other sequels, which was also a good thing. They went up to three, and they called it quits. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So she was in all those movies. Good for her. But um, really, the whole the whole precipice, the whole reason. Oh, watch out, Maniac Cop. On this. Robert Zadar and his big jowl, the big jowl, the big, 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 big jowl. That guy had the hugest jowl ever. It just he's got doubled. He's got the dual kind of like he just has wisdom teeth yanked out. Yeah, you've seen him in stuff. You know him because he's got his face looks like a truck went over it. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean he was in Tango and Cash. Oh God, he was in Tango. Oh Tango and Cash. Yeah, I mean he's been in like. He was in Rock and Roll Cops 2. <laughs> uh, well, of course he was. Uh, he was in a lot of B-movies, but, I mean, he also... Oh, he was in Cherry 2000. Oh. Great B-movie with... Uh, was Melanie Griffith in that? I think so. Yeah. I mentioned Soul Taker, but, um, you know, she, he was in Beastmasters 2. Uh, of course. Where they did, like, time travel. <laughs> he was in Samurai Cop. He was in... Silent Fury, who's in lots of B-movies. And that's why I wanted to pick Maniac Cop this week. I wanted to bring it back to our B-movie craziness. Is uh, Silent Fury like Blind Fury? I have no yeah. idea. I'm just Blind literally Fury. reading off the IMDb page right now. <laughs> well, Blind Fury, the director Howard, he's blind and has a samurai sword and fights people, so I wonder if... Nah, he's uh, not in there. Uh, no, that's yeah. a different movie. No, but uh, you said he was in Some Fury. 
Silent Fury. Silent Fury. So I wonder if he was. He probably like um, fell into a vat of chili and mutated into um, a guy whose uh, SPDs kill people, and that's why they call it Silent Fury. It could be. Where he just SPDs farts all over people and kills them. Whoa! Watch oh, it. hey. Whoa! There's just sound effects going off all over. Oh. <laughs> so, so that's why that's why I picked that. I didn't do a vote. I didn't want to vote. I didn't want. To, I wanted to bring it back. And uh, and Tim, I don't know about you. I'm so glad we picked this movie, or I picked this movie. Not to toot my own horn. I'm just. It just. I'm just so glad. I'm so happy. That's you tooting your own horn. It was a good. It was. It was a good pick. I. I. I after our last movie, I was. I mean, I, anything. Anything would have been a good pick, but this one especially. <laughs> I mean, as I plowed through that last movie and we did the last recording, I was thinking, boy, I could really go for some Shanghai surprise. Uh, that's when it was, and you're not even that's, talking about like ordering a bowl from Bamboo Bistro. You're talking about. I'm talking about watching an awful movie with, with uh, Sean Penn and Madonna. In it. Oh, yeah. That looks like a masterpiece compared to that hunk of crap oh, I picked. Um, did, did you prepare any questions to ask after this movie? <laughs> oh, you know, um, you, I may have some. <laughs> that's a good idea we do need to have our moral based questions moral based, based questions like do you shoot first and ask questions later <laughs> well you know I think it's important that you uh, sit down with your kids and talk about what happens when you have Maniac Cop yeah and, and Maniac Cop not unlike Ebola yeah um, so yeah shoot first ask questions later that's Ebola that's how I that's how I look at life but uh, yeah you know it's like it, Let's talk about the time when the maniac cop, you know, you heard that bad things happened to him. Was it right for him to kill innocent people? Yeah. Is so it really the, worth becoming an undead zombie for revenge? Yeah, I have some questions on that front. Uh, well, let's get through this movie then. Right, fired up. Yeah, so, um... Maniac cop. Maniac cop. No, um, the, the, uh, the, the reel that I watched it on was a little grainy and it was perfect because... It really okay. set the tone for '80s New York because it was the film quality was terrible, and it had um, I think Portuguese. Um, well, all right, uh, insider secret: you can find this movie on YouTube. Um, um, we happened to watch a DVD version that had Portuguese. Yeah. That's all. So, um, so yeah, so it's all grainy. The movie opens up where some cop putting together his uniform. Good for him. And they always stop a couple seconds and kind of introduce people. Right? It's menacingly putting his uniform together. Yeah, and that's pretty much what happens. And it's like, whatever, it's the beginning of the movie, it's all like creepy and dirty and stuff. Black black background, red blood titles. You know, the whole shebang. And, uh, and it starts out like any other good thriller horror movie. Where a lady just ends up walking home alone. <laughs> the poor little bartender lady closes up, and she goes out. And then, of course, two street toughs like come out of street toughs come. Uh, Is it T O U G H S or T U F F F T S or something? I think it's T O U G H. But to be fair, I, I would I would accept T U F F S. Yes, toughs. Uh, 
but of course she like they reach out of the shadows and grab her. These are the most dedicated rapists I've ever seen. Well, I thought they were, they were going to rob her and then they decided to rape her, right? Well, they were going to do something with her, but they were dedicated. Like she ran away, and I would think most criminals would not. They're like hunting her down for sport, and yeah. But and I should note they make a point to point out that they're Puerto Ricans. <laughs> Let's go Puerto know, Rican. I don't really know. They could have just said help I'm being chased, but she's she gets like first she's walking down the street, she closes the bar, she comes out, and then they have it's New York, so they have those little stairs that go down to the lower levels, and like street tough number one reaches out and grabs her ankle. She's like, Oh and the other guy jumps out of the shadows like he's in the in a beat it video. <laughs> you know, like when they all jump out and get their switchblades and then dance around. Um But uh she runs off into like I don't know, park or something into the shadows. And so she's hiding somewhere. And, um, so then she sees like a cop stand over in the shadows and she starts running. And she's like, officer, officer. Oh, one thing I want to point out is that I was impressed that she beat those guys off. Like, not like sexually, but like, <laughs> like she actually like, like did some, and, and I think it attributes to the fact that she was living in, she's living in late eighties, New York. They start getting on to her, and then she's like, you know, she kicks one, she punches another, but she gets away, and that's impressive. I was impressed with that. But she wasn't a dumb victim, because she takes off her clangly jewelry, so she's not making as much noise. Yeah, no, she's she's a street smart kid. And And then she starts running for the cop, yelling, officer, officer, and then, again, I don't know why they had to put it in there, but she's like, there's these Puerto Ricans back here. And I was like, okay. Um, so the, you know, so she's being chased by two really dedicated Puerto Rican rapists and she sees a police officer and naturally she's like, officer, officer, and they're kind of back off. They start ducking behind the hedges and they're like, oh, she's, she found a cop and, uh, you know, and then she gets over and the cop wearing his dress blues and white gloves, like, uh, basically just crushes her neck. Pretty and much. Then, yeah. And then the guys are watching and the street toughs are like, oh, damn. And then that's that's the end of that scene. Yeah, so it's like, okay, well, it's Maniac Cop. It's Maniac Cop. And so the Puerto Ricans get picked up by the police, and they're all like, let's throw those bastards in jail. Let's pin it on them. And they're like, they said a cop did it. And, you know. Well, and then it starts like a montage. Like the Dusty Cop. I called him Dusty Cop because he looked like a dusty old cop. But that's, of course, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins is like, listen, I know this is weird, but I think it's a cop. I think it's a cop. McGruff the McGruff the detective. McGruff the detective. Not, like, and Shaft is like, come on, whatever. So McGruff... And then, is... then, then, then like, Shaft's like, like, Shaft's like, uh, aren't you the guy that tried to, aren't you the cop that tried to kill yourself? He's just totally discrediting the guy in front of him. He's undressing him, like, in a, in a, a figurative, like, military way, not like not like in a Catholic church way, but like he's dressing him down is more so. Pretty much, yeah. But he's also just kind of he's giving them some shit. He based the McGruff suggested the police should that he should check the police psych files, and the guy's like, well, maybe you should have a psych evaluation. Yeah, did McGruff. you like try to kill somebody? Blah blah blah. Or you kill yourself? Blah blah blah. Like, shut up, Commissioner Shaft. Uh, so there was like it was a cute scene, right? Um, and then and this is what I liked about this movie is like. They did a really good job establishing that this cop is, in fact, a maniac cop. Because <laughs> yes. the next scene, like, some car starts at a stoplight, right? 
Oh, God. Yeah. And they've both been drinking, and they don't go anywhere. And they're like, oh, we're stupid and we're drunk. taking so long? Oh. Yeah, right? So then all of a sudden, like, the maniac cop shows up behind. And like, oh, no, put the beer away. And all this other stuff, right? Taps on the window. It doesn't say anything. just taps on the window. And he, like, the guy motions the guy to come outside. And uh, the guy's like, okay, all right, I'll do it. So he comes out. The cop waves him over. Maniac cop waves him over. And then, like, the guy gets over there, and the maniac cop has, like, a, like, not a samurai sword. I don't, it's not even a machete. He has, like, a, a short blade in his nightstick kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if that's standard, like, uh... I'm pretty sure most police nightsticks don't have a blade. <laughs> blade. He looks out the blade, and he just grabs a guy by the hair on the top of his head and just slashes him a couple times and drops him to the ground. No, but no, 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 no. You're he right. Cuts, he gets his throat, and then he whips his face a couple times with a knife, and then he pitches him onto his car like a rag doll. Yeah, breaks the window, there's blood. Lady, <laughs> the lady freaks out, right? <laughs> what does she do, though? She turns on the windshield wiper. She's got to get her boyfriend off the glass. Right, I thought it was cool because they like tried to like play the blood on the cracked windshield, and she's trying to wipe it off. Um, and then she... Feeds away. That's the thing that surprised me the most about this scene is typically that doesn't happen, right? Like in those kind of movies, you know the lady's gonna get it next. Right? But he's a cop and he wants a witness. Well, yeah, well, and not even not even like cops and stuff. It's like usually in those horror movie thriller types, it's like you know she's gonna get it next. You're getting, if you're getting killed early in the movie, you're not. I mean, if you're involved in the scene, yeah, you're the, dead. She should not, be dead. And the only way, like in other horror movies, especially at that time. That she gets away is that she's like the heroine of the movie where she figures out a way. You know, she's like Jamie Lee Curtis, you know? And that girl went away and just apparently got away scot-free, minus watching her boyfriend get his throat. Yeah, she freaks out and she drives away. She literally just drives away and that's it. And that's the thing that was so fascinating about this movie is that they kind of took a different twist on that where it was like... And and, it, and it, then it started to grow out even more, which I thought I liked it a lot. Um, but like, there, it wasn't just like a you're at a campsite with a, on a remote location where it's like a handful of people. You're in the middle of fucking New York City, and there's millions of people there. So of course, eventually, somebody's gonna get away, and then the next kind of stuff happens, right? Where it's like uh, it gets in the newspapers, it gets reported. You know, the mayor's involved, which we'll find out about the mayor later on. But like. There's a weird whole. There's kind of a weird plot thing where, yeah. where uh, Bruce Campbell's wife has been clipping the. She thinks he's going out and working we'll late get, night we'll, shifts. We'll get to Bruce in a second. We'll get to Bruce in a second because we, that's the thing about this movie is that um, they spent a lot of time establishing the fact that this guy is a maniac cop because <laughs> he like he like cuffs another like maniac cop like the next night or whatever. It's like there might be like some scene. Regular scene, then Maniac Cop kills somebody. Yeah, it's like uh, some internal f- affairs. The girl got away. Like, Dusty Cop's having issues. Then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Maniac Cop, like, pulls the guy out and cuffs him behind the back and then tries <laughs> to kill him. I forgot about this one. But the guy gets away again. Uh, he gets a- got handcuffed, so he can't push buttons up to get help or anything. Yeah. And he meets his fate. Uh, he trips over a piece of construction wood. And falls face first into one square of unfinished sidewalk cement. Yeah, that's right. And he and he straight he, he suffocates him in that cement. He drowns the guy in the cement, and it, and then it, the next and then the next scene is the next morning. You got these construction guys jackhammering the the fucking. 
It's amazing. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. A cocktail waitress, a drunk driver, now this musician, all killed by a uniformed police officer. Let's back that up a little bit. No, but that's a good fact, because now it's like catching wind in the press. Like, somebody... So the guy drowns in the cement, and then they cut to the next day, and there's like these two construction workers all nonchalant, just exactly right. And he said, "There's a body just like laying there, stiff as a board, and they're just staring at him." <laughs> then he gets the mayor yammering. No, this is good because there's the other undertones. The mayor of the city is worried about it, right? Because it affects his election campaign. It affects everything, right? So it's in the papers. Somebody called in the fact that it was a cop. So now the whole city knows that there's some maniac cop on the street, right? And that's fantastic, right? Because everybody's on edge now. It was McGruff the crime dog. Yeah, it was. Well, no, he hooked up a lady with a favor or something, right? He knew a reporter, and he, the nightly news reporter, and he went and said, listen, here, you got to go big with this. He said, you got to make it bigger than AIDS. So that tells you when this movie is. the 80s. <laughs> you did it now. You're making it bigger than Ebola. Okay, so we're what? Like like 20 to 30 minutes into this movie, right? Pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. So in my notes, I'm like, where's Bruce Campbell? <laughs> it takes a while to get to Bruce Campbell. Yeah. In so Her she reports the shit hits the, the fan, maniac. right? I thought he was the maniac cop for a little bit because he's so tall. Well, okay. And that's where it happens. Like... Like, it, everything's been established. There's a couple of good maniac cop scenes. Dusty Cop's, like, trying to figure the case. He's pretty sold that it is a cop. Shaft is like, kiss my ass. The mayor is like a sleazebag, typical New York guy. And then, like, finally we get Bruce Campbell, right? Yeah, well, and... And, and, and then that's where I interrupted you, because you're like, this lady, this creepy, this creepy wife is, like, clipping things, right? So he, Bruce Campbell and his, his wife are having marital troubles. He's been working late-night shifts, according to what we've been told. <laughs> she's concerned that he's working too many late-night shifts and not necessarily. But she has been clipping the paper thinking that he's the... You're like, why is she so worried that he's this maniac cop? Because at the same time, she's trying to, like, we need to talk more and be a better couple. And he's like, okay. And... But at the same time, she's like, I wonder if he's the murderer. And you find out then, like, he's, as soon as he walks out the door, the phone rings, and there's, like, a lady on the phone. She's like, is he going out to kill again? I know, and, and I don't think they ever like, explained that, that call, ever. Well, they, you know who it is later. Oh, good, because I forgot. <laughs> okay, I can tell you that. I didn't <laughs> So anyway, she gets a call. There's a woman on the phone. She's like, he's going out to kill again, don't you know? And she's basically, I'm like, okay, that's why the wife's paranoid. Because every time he leaves, people call, which she neglects to tell him that. Exactly. And, I mean, there's your marital problems. You don't have open communication lines between each partner. Especially when people call to tell you. It's like, hey, I get the calls. I mean, if anything, this movie is is perfect for saving marriages. If you tell if someone calls and says your husband's going out murdering people on his night shift, then you should probably ask him about that. Yeah, or at least you know uh, ask him if he if if he knows Robert Zadar. Who's that, Robert Zadar? <laughs> now I, I should note that um, Bruce Campbell is pretty. I, I, for a minute, since I hadn't seen him, I was thinking, oh, is he? Did he do a stint as Maniac Cop? And I remember no, I remember hearing, oh, he's in Maniac Cop. Yeah. But I was thinking, did he actually play, like, the villain? And I was like, no, there's no way. But the guy That's was so amazing. That. I'm glad you walked into that movie thinking that. Because I knew, I knew what Bruce Campbell's role, although 
here in the next couple of scenes, I'm kind of questioning it too, because uh, the one thing that really comes to surface, and, and again, is different than a lot of the movies of the time, is that Bruce Campbell's a real asshole in this movie. <laughs> Oh no, he's so he goes out in his night patrol, she gets the weird call. She decides to follow him. Uh, he goes to a motel. And even then at this point I'm thinking she's gonna go in the room and he's gonna have like his maniac cop gear. Yeah, but guess what happens? <laughs> he's in there plugging this woman. Yeah. And so he's in there having a, you know, a more uh, less deadly affair. <laughs> Extra marital. <laughs> And, you know, because I'm expecting she's going to open the door. He's going to have, like, the glove from, you know, see post-previous episode. Not from, yeah. I was going to say, paging David Carradine. <laughs> David Carradine, there's a glove. Well, that oh, he's glove, hanging around. Well, no, that glove and the one with um, uh, the football player, Rosie Greer. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be the riot glove in there. But uh, anyway, so, no, he's he's in there stripping some lady. And she's like, oh, my God. And so she's taking a gun. Because he basically said she has a gun. He told her, he's like, you got your gun, stay inside. And so she comes in, she's like, oh, don't you come near. He's in the oven, talk to her, like, just like fresh out of full tilt banging. Now, and, does it, like, oh. did, now uh, and we'll find out, was the lady that he was banging was the, the vice cop lady? She was the vice okay, cop. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. So he's, he's basically having an affair with this other cop, if we come to find out later. But anyway, there's a blonde woman in the bed, he's plugging her. He shipping her. I like shipping her better. <laughs> shipping her. <laughs> UPS. He's shipping her. So uh, he's delivering the penis service. He's he's delivering the package, and uh, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, honey, calm down." He's getting. What up. can Brown do for you? Oh boy, that's a <laughs> I don't think she walked in on that. But um, that would so, have been a true horror movie. That would have been like, "Whoa, they really pushed the boundaries back in the eighties." Damn, like, Bruce. Know, but uh, so he's getting up to talk to her. She's like, hey, no, no, you need to stay away from me. And I agree with that sentiment. He was coming fresh out of the field. Yep. And um, so she's like, no, no, I'm going to shoot both. I could shoot both of you right now. And he's like, calm down. She's like, let her go. Let her go. And uh, so she runs out and um, she's heading down. She again, the New York in this time frame must have been bad because you just get yanked into places off the street. Yeah. And she's no, not she got yanked into another hotel room. She got yanked into a van. Oh, ooh, man, I missed that. You know, she got yanked into a car or a van, the door shut, and she's not as streetwise as the bartender lady, so she couldn't fight her way free. Plus, it was maniac cop who's wickedly strong, and zombie uh, like strong, and zombie strong. And so she she gets yanked in the van. Then you cut to uh, the maid coming at the hotel the next morning to clean what she just thinks are gonna be funky sheets. And uh, the lamp has been knocked over on her way out. And so she's like, oh, they had partied hard. Let me see what else they did. And she wanders in the, the bedroom. And the wife, instead of the affair woman and Bruce Campbell, the wife is in there with her throat cut. And then Raspy, and then, and then jumps to the police station. Raspy voice chief comes in to get Bruce Campbell out of morning call and be like, "What? why'd you kill your wife, you dumbass? You know? Yeah. Kind of I was like, and I was like, of course she gets pinched neck. It's, it's crimes of passion. She should have, she could have shot him both, but she didn't, right? So while this is happening, right, there were like two cops in the bar talking to each other, right? Was it like, it was a raspy cop, and then was it, was it McGruff? It was McGruff and raspy cop, and he's like, listen, he's like, hey, no, he's well, like, the only thing I remember is this line. I had to write down this line. He's like, fucking A, I'm a cop. Are you a fucking cop? Fuck you. <laughs> 
Hang on, I think I can pull that out. <laughs> I mean, they're talking some shit. That raspy cop's kind of like an asshole, man, but he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, he's, he's playing the hard line. And I heard that line while they were talking to each other and I lost it because it was just like, yeah, it's just New York cops. Fucking A, I'm a cop. Are you a fucking cop? Fuck you. It was in the bar, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can back it up here. There we go. Let's get a little bar dialogue going here. <laughs> yes. There's there, they, they open with some news story of people saying, I can't trust the cops. Exactly. Here we go. Oh man! Don't worry about this. This is Bruce Campbell's in this. We're just gonna let me just mute him for a second, and we'll get to the bar scenes. He basically says, "I got a witness that says I didn't kill my wife, but I don't want to bring her in." Did we? Did we get past the scene where the old lady in the car that gets stopped by a cop pulls the? She shoots the innocent. Yeah. Did we? Did we? Did we get to that yet? We. I'll play that clip here in a second. Here we go. Well, I like the social commentary today about cops and police brutality. Yep. Real man. Because without the uniform, what are they? I'm not scared. They respected cops in my day, otherwise they hit you in the head with a billy. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> about that. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. That guy's sticking there like a sore thumb. Here we go. Without the uniform, what are they? Here we go. My favorite guy. They respected cops in my day, otherwise they hit you in the head with a billy. They didn't take no cops, no, they were the law. Nowadays, I guess, uh, they gotta shoot you to get respect. Nobody gives no crap to the cops no more. It's kind of been after where the lady, like, I gotta talk about this scene. I don't care. Hey, 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 about 18 years back, I had a case where this guy made it look like a psychopath was at work. That actor, that cop needs a trait too. He goes in and he kills his wife, and it looks like he's one of the serial killers. Jack's been set up to take the heat off a real psycho. Now you tell me you think this creep is that smart. He's a cop. Maybe even a detective. <laughs> Come on, Ripley, why not? Every detective keeps this old uniform hanging in mock clothes. It's the one thing you never get rid of. Now, let me tell you, if Jack had an alibi, he would have come across with it by now. Jack is protecting someone. Whoever it is, he doesn't want them to get involved. And the killer knows who it is. And you're a cop. Fucking am a cop. What the fuck are you? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. So, that's a good point, right? Like, he didn't want to give away the fact that he was boning the vice cop lady, right? He didn't want to jack up her career. Fine. Um, he also wasn't banging on his wife getting killed. No. Uh, but he was still kind of an asshole. <laughs> oh, no, he was a dick. He was a complete but... dick. And, I mean, he's Bruce Campbell, so he plays a good dick. But, I mean, like, that was the thing. It was like, he was the hero of the movie, and he was, like, such an asshole. Well, he becomes, it's like, you could have almost done the same movie without him cheating on his wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, um, I think it was before that scene. Before that scene. <laughs> um, it's just it's just a little bit before that. Yeah. So, like, you get this scene where this old lady gets pulled over by a cop, and she doesn't know what's going on, right? 
And we get all this, like, we got all these scenes uh, in this movie about some maniac cop pe- killing people, right? But we're in broad daylight. The lady's pulled over, and she's, like, nervous because the cop pulls up yeah. behind, and without warning, like, the cop comes up, starts tapping on the door. The first thing she does, she pulls out her fucking gun and just caps this cop dead. And, Here we go. And it's Here's some lady it. cop. She just blows her out of the window, like, without even Here. thinking about it. I was informed by a source within the New York Police Department. She's listening to the news on the radio. Yeah, yeah, she's like listening to that. In three recent homicides, facts and witnesses to these murders point unmistakably to a uniformed police officer. I repeat, a uniformed New York cop has been committed to brutal killings occurring on the streets of the city after dark. The question is this: It's daytime, by the way. Why has Commissioner Pike withheld these facts, and does the mayor know what's going on in the city? Her car's overheating a little bit. Police car ominously pulls up behind her. Ominously. Because your car is you know, overheating. Like, if you got a cop behind you and the lights are flashing, it's always going to be ominous. And they make a point not to show the cop's head. And all the cops in New York at this time wore white gloves, too. So. Yeah, they're big Michael Jackson fans. So he's coming up to the window here. Give him a little tap. She reaches into her purse and has a hand cannon there. And she... <laughs> and she just blows this guy's head off. Lady, that's a lady. There's, was it, that wasn't a lady, that was a guy. Uh, I couldn't tell between all the hair and the blood. Between, she, you're not going to get me shoots him through the window. So. I know, it was hilarious. That was hilarious. Even though the reporter did, did say... Uh, it happens at night. Yeah, doesn't matter, man. Well, that's what I found. The general public's kind of dumb. I'll say that. I'll get in trouble with it. General public's kind of stupid. So, Here, just in case. You tell me you think this creep is that smart. He's a cop. Maybe even a detective. Fuck you. Come on, Ripley, why not? Every detective keeps this old uniform hanging in mock clothes. It's the one thing you never get rid of. Not a cave. If Jack had an alibi, he would have come across with it by now. Jack is protecting someone. Whoever it is, he doesn't want them to get involved. The killer knows who it is. And you're a cop. Fucking A, I'm a cop. What the fuck are you? <laughs> just, just because. Just because. Uh, so, so that's what we find out. That LeBlanc, that uh, Bruce Campbell was boning, was a vice cop, right? Yes, she was a vice cop, so she does the undercover hooking and stuff. So, uh, but the alibi that that was uh, that was Bruce Campbell's alibi. He didn't reveal it to Dusty Cop yet. No. Uh, but Dusty Cop was Dusty Cop following the vice cop first, though. No, Dusty Cop went and talked to Bruce Campbell in his jail cell and said, "You know, come on, if you got this, you probably should say it." Yeah. And he's like, "No, you know, Mandy Vice Cop down in Vice and." Uh, Oh, so that's why he's like, he's like, oh yeah, she's down there. And he's like, well, she's working tonight, and then it's like, oh, she does undercover hooking. So, and so then he's like, he tells her where she's working, and so, um, 
Dusty Cop heads out to go get her. And meanwhile, she tries to like pick up a John, and he catches on to her. Yeah, that was a cool scene. That was interesting. Yeah, uh, and uh, but that that fell through. That's a good scene, but that fell through. And the maniac cop Robert Zadar shows up. Who? No, who is that again? Robert Zadar. Yeah, yeah, she walks know, down an alley. Well, just in case, you know, but, you know, just for further clarification. And you're a cop. Fucking A, I'm a cop. What the fuck are you? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, like, here we go. Here is her trying to pick up a chair. She's very good for cover vice work. I'll say that. She <laughs> kind of, like, oh. Why don't you ask I'm me for it? Oh, there we go. Here, Here's her, her fancy pickup line that says, I'm a cop undercover. <laughs> And then I will also add the gal playing the undercover vice cop has some kind of weird accent going. Yeah, who cares? It's almost kind of... Uh, wow, she's, that's misogynistic. Thank you. I didn't say that, did I? I did. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, well, she looks good. I, well, I was going to say, she has kind of an accent. I'd say it's kind of um, Zadarian. Hey, Robert Zadar doesn't speak at all in this movie. He should. He grunts. That's the thing that kind of like when I was deciding on this movie, I was like, the other movie I was thinking of, he had some speaking lines, even though he was supposedly Russian in that movie. <laughs> well, he can't, you know. But if we get the uh, guns of El Chupacabra, guns of whites, if you go out there and, and, and claim it for our for our silly little cult of bad movies, we'll see Robert Zadar speak. Well, I'm hopeful that we can get Robert Zarr to speak, but... Hey, he shows up. Let me just do one little thing about Bobber here. Yeah, he shows up out of the blue because she walks down the alley again. And and Dusty Cop shows up, too. Because Maniac Cop was about to attack her. And uh, she pulls gun and starts popping him, right? Yeah. Fucking ammo cop. Okay, so he walks in the alley, he finds her, and he's like, hey. Oh, okay, before you go forward, you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Have you seen the Tony Danza Saturday Night Live? Uh, I probably have. There is a skit. They had to do with um, what's the H.G. Wells movie? Uh, aliens. Um, aliens. Yeah, uh, or aliens or the worlds, right? Well, uh, yeah, that was um, not H. Was it H.G. Wells? Yeah. Yeah, it was H.G. Wells. I think so. I. The point is, uh, 
there's a skit where it's like the New Jersey, New York, like local theater put on a production of uh, H.G. Wells' World Worlds. It was like Tony Danza and John Lovitz. And and they got in the scene. And they, it was Saturday Night Live, so they couldn't say fuck, but they said funk. And they're like, look at that funkin' alien. Hey, what the funk is that? Look at that funkin' thing. And I lost it. That's well, what it completely reminded me of. Well, basically, the rest of the lines for uh, Dusty Cop in the movie consist of, you know, this. Wait, no, no, oh, no, I botched it. Ugh, Never mind. Uh, Mimsy? Uh, shut up, Mimsy. Uh, Mimsy, shut up. Uh, well, okay, let's get back to this movie. Uh, get back to the movie. So he, he goes to talk to the undercover vice cop. Meanwhile, she gets turned down by the guy, John, who makes her as a cop. And then she wanders down alley yeah, for some reason. Because that's what you do in New York in the 80s. And in the steam and fog, she sees the profile of a police officer. And she's like, hey, is that you, Malone? Um, and no answer, because it's Maniac Cop. And uh, so she's she is a cop. He's like, Bruce Campbell made a point saying she can take care of herself. And... So Maniac Cap comes to like snap her neck like the other girl, and she fights back. And she pops him a couple times. She shoots him a bunch, and doesn't then, phase oh, him. And then Dust McGruff shows up and pops him too. McGruff, the crime dog, shows up, gets out of his big old Buick or whatever, and runs down the. And they're both plugging him with bullets, and it doesn't even slow him down. And this is where my questions began. Um, <clears throat> I can buy that he is some disgruntled cop from a while ago that's going around killing people. And he's a big, strong guy because he pitches people around like the ragdolls. Okay. But she says, oh, I shot him twice in the head, and it doesn't seem to stop him. Yeah, and we get some we'll, – we'll get to Sing Sing here eventually, right? And when we say Sing Sing, we're not being euphemistic. It actually is the real prison Sing Sing. I thought they were being – when Dusty Cop or somebody talks about this, they reference Sing Sing. Like, yeah, they sent that guy up to Sing Sing. And I thought they were just being cute. And then it turns out they really did. There actually is the prison that's called Sing Sing. Yeah. So um, so basically they get saved. Like uh, Maniac Cap goes away. And that, McGruff talks to Vice Lady, who's sleeping with Campbell, right? And finds out um, finds out that um, that uh, that she the vice cop was a was a fan of this really old cop that has like a crutch, uh, old lady cop that has like a crutch and she might know some stuff because she was around back when they're really starting to think about like who was this guy, right? And they well she said they said who in the department do you talk to about your affair because they were uh, Dusty Cop has figured out that they're trying to pin it on Bruce Campbell so yeah, yeah. and. Um, she said, well, I talked to someone. So she's like a den mother. And it's this old lady, older lady cop. She's not old, old. But she has a disability. She's got a leg thing going. And she runs, like, the records room. And so he's like, well, I'm going to go talk to her and see what's going on. And uh, Dusty Cop wanders in there. He's like, hey, you know, your friend almost died tonight. But, we, you know, we saved her. And she's like, oh, that's good. We'll I'll have to have beers sometime. And then Dusty Cop follows her. Yeah, right. And uh yeah, cuz they haven't like they have they found the name of the cop yet by this point. 
Um, they, at the, I don't think yet at this point, they, I think they had some ideas. They, he starts looking at press clippings, but it, it, that's after this. He follows her to like the docks and he yeah. sees her. Yeah. Big so she cop. like talks to Maniac Cop and Maniac Cop's like, you can't go around killing that many people. Right. She like, she's like, you need me. I'm going to take care of you. I know you need to get, get your justice, but you got to quit killing all these innocent people. She goes, you want to kill the the drug dealers and whoever else, and then the people who wronged you, that's fine. But you're killing innocent people. Um, you see his hands all kind of cut up. Yeah, so you know that they're in cahoots. They're in cahoots, and she's kind of kooky at this point. She seems fair, like she's covering up something. Yeah, and of course McGruff knocks something over. So like, who's there? And she starts firing wildly into the night. And I think they hit a cat because a cat yells. It's like, oh, no, they did, they did the classic knock the trash can over. And the cat yeah, like, oh, it's a cat, right? And so she's like, oh, I'm just jumping. She turns around. Meanwhile, Maniac Cop has vanished because he's like Batman. Yeah, and meanwhile, McGruff runs into another cop, but it was like more of like a security guard at the docks, right? And he's like, and he pulls the gun. He's like, whoa, 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 why are you pulling the gun? And he's like, and yeah. here comes my other second favorite line of this movie. Taking a leak. Always take a leak with a gun in your hand? Good way to blow your balls off. Hang on. We're not, <laughs> I have to cue that up. Hang on. So, okay. So why are you cueing that up, we're right? Going, we're like, going to go right from cat noise to... Okay, here we go. <laughs> cat noise to the leak comment. Here we go. So, uh, Let me just turn the volume up. She's kissing his hand. Rubbing on her face. And here comes Dusty. And then Dusty knocks over the trash can with the cat on it. Oh, he's always just jumping, Matt. Matt, where are you? I need you, Matt. You need me. And then, all right, come on. Here comes Dusty. He's going to get caught running out of the, the yard here. Hey, yo, what are you doing? Oh, take it easy. What are you doing? I had to take a leak. You always take a leak with a gun in your hand? It's a good way to blow your balls off. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <sighs> oh man, that's a good advice. It's good advice. If you do take a leave, do not keep your gun in your hand because you could blow your balls off. Yeah. Uh, so that's good advice. Um, and I will note that uh, when she when he knocked over the wood and then the, the cat and she's like, "Oh, my nerves are just up" or whatever. The translation I didn't I just know this from what the word is. The Portuguese in the bottom translated it to, "Oh, it's just a cat." So um, they went with that instead of the my nerves are shot. So yeah. So um, I don't know how they translated. You'll shoot your balls off, but you know. So is this where we find out that it's like the guy we know who the guy is yet? Yeah, he gets the first name and then he starts. He has hits the old guy in the other apparently in multiple records departments. So he hits the other guy and the, the other, other guy. Department. Yeah, because the other guy yep. has an awesome scene later too. The other guy, there's this old crusty cop, kind of good, you know, kind of a good guy. Yeah, he talks about he's, him. He's like, oh yeah, he's like Matt so and so. He was taking down all the. I'm Officer Plot Device. I'm Officer Exposition. Yeah, 
uh, so yeah, he used to take down all the mafia guys, but you know, he kind of was an old fashioned cop. So he'd shoot first and ask questions later. Ha, ha, ha. And he explains like how he's a great guy. And then, but then he crossed, he was getting too far up the chain and the mob was connected to the mayor and the commissioner. And so they basically sent him to an asylum. That, well, they took him and no, they said he was crooked and they put him in, they sent him up to Sing Sing with all the guys he put away, oh, knowing yeah, that, yeah, 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 knowing yeah. he would get killed in prison. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, they pretty much sent him, he has a death sentence, so those guys didn't do him. Yeah, and so, and it was awesome, perfect timing, right? Because then you see, like, Maniac Cop sleeping, right? You see, have, you see Robert Zadar sleeping. And. <laughs> right, here, here is, where's Krusty Man? You see Robert yeah. Zadar sleeping, and who was it? it I, somebody was sleeping. Yeah, Robert, Robert Zadar was sleeping. Oh, sorry, I had my wrong sound box. And you get you like, get this really cool flashback scene, right? And uh, you never really see his face. No, you didn't. Never, you never want to show you his face until they start jacking with him in the shit. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, here's here's Krusty Cop, secondary records guy, whoever he is. Let me just turn him up. Here. First and ask questions later. He was kind, though. Gentle enough, if you got to know him. Did you? That's a well, statement. I hate to admit it, but he used to like to come in here and look at his clippings. Just like you're doing. Oh, yeah, because he was a hotshot. Real shame about what happened to him. It was a crime what those politicians did to him. Damn, politicians. It was like handing him a death sentence. Yeah, well, they say violated people's rights. Um, I guess even killers got rights, huh? They murdered them. Those bastards down at City Hall. And there you go. You just need to know that's part of it. Yeah, so we get this flashback. Like, Robert Zadar is sleeping. And, uh... It gives awesome flashback about him being actually being thrown in jail and going through jail and stuff. And all the criminals know who he is because of his fucking jowl and his ginormous, like, jaw. He's a giant man. Yeah, so they're like, they know who he is, right? So you get this whole, like, long, drawn-out scene where he gets thrown into his prison cell or whatever, but what you really get is the scene where they finally decide to attack him and kill him. In the shower. Yeah, Robert Zadar is nude. (laughs) And they attack him. He tries to fit him off, but they they cut his face up. They cut everything about up about him, and he's like dead. And you see blood wash Cir- down the drain, circa psycho, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> have a psycho sound on. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't either. I don't have. I'm putting it on my list. Psycho sound. All right. So right around but, this point, I was like, oh yeah, is Bruce Campbell in this movie? Oh yeah, that's right. He's still in jail. So. Yeah. So um, what happened? What? Uh, so they, he's, he get you get the rest of the expedition through his dream, and then um, you, uh, I'm trying to remember, somewhere in there, here I'll just let me you go think about it for a second. So that he goes to the records room. Hey, you don't need your volume. I just need to know where you're going. So he's in there talking to records man. He realizes that guy. He starts making appointments to go up to Sing Sing to talk to the medical examiner, but in the interim. Uh, and then he has a whole little touching moment with the records cop guy. He's like, hey, yeah, doesn't he great? Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, and the records cop also spills the beans that uh, that uh, Robert Zadar 
wasn't uh, he wasn't really married or anything, but he had one girl who was on the police force, and she so distraught after the prison thing, she jumped off. She threw herself out a window. And she two bad things. She ended up crippled. He's like, "Oh yeah." Hmm. He's like, "Yeah, too bad that guy was a hell of a cop." And then he's like, "He still is." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "Never mind." <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry about it. I didn't say anything. And uh, so, meanwhile, you cut. This is where they cut to the pier. Robert's. Well, I'm not gonna say his name now. Uh, they do that. He has his dream. He gets all cut up. And then, oh, this is the best. I think this is the best. One of the best scenes of the movie for me. Records guy, old crusty records guy, gets called into the sleazy mayor's office. It's amazing, yeah. Sleazy mayor is a guy who pops up in a lot of stuff. He always plays like a weasel politician. Well, and he's been worried about the whole movie because I think he kind of knows what's going on. He starts to think, well, he knows that it's not Bruce Campbell. Yeah. But he's, let's make him take the fall. And he he also says, you know, like once, you know, Dusty Detective wraps this up, he's like, well, if he wraps up the case, I'll praise him. And if he doesn't, then I'll fire him. And even if he does wrap it up, I'll praise him. And then six to eight months later, I'm going to fire him. And so anyway, he's he's on a power trip. Anyway, so he calls in. He knows that Dusty Cosman knows around about the old cop who is kind of doing cleaned up the city. And here's he calls him into his office. Come on in. Boy, this is great. I get to meet the mayor. Now, what did I do to deserve this honor? Detective McRae was in your file room asking a lot of questions earlier today. Oh, yeah. Oh, we keep an eye on him. So what do you want to know about? Cordell. We talked about Cordell. You remember Cordell. Yeah, what about Cordell? He's dead and buried. Well, maybe it's not my place to say, but uh, you threw him to the wolves. It's after those mafia big shots with the big connections, and uh, so you got rid of them. Court found him guilty. Aren't you worried about your job, Clancy? No, no, not really. You see, I retire a week from Tuesday. So I can tell it to your face, Mr. Mayor. You murdered the guy. Now, will there be anything else? (laughs) Come on, get out. Sure. But, But like I said, nice to meet you. And that was like they don't often do that in the movies either where they're like the guy threatens somebody's job to get him to tell him something he's just like aren't you worried about your job he's like nah not really he's <laughs> <laughs> ready to like burn the bridge he's like oh by the way I think you murdered that guy what? no you go into jail he's like no you did it <laughs> but uh, no I love that guy he was one of my favorite characters in that movie yeah uh, so uh, that he gets his. I mean, he really got like two big scenes and a lot of dialogue for being a, a very uh, psych. Of course, he is the center of exposition. He's exposition records keeper. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is he's like, Dusty cops like, listen, I got. I'm gonna make an appointment to go see the medical examiner. Sing Sing. Right. And they talk to Bruce. Right. So they bring they, Bruce out. Right. They bring him into the interrogation. Room. And the lady that he's sleeping with, because they're now all working together. Right. She's said she's a cop. He, she's working with the detective. They know it's that other guy. Somehow he's still alive. Dusty cop goes. They like talk about planning. I don't even know what it is they're planning. It doesn't matter because like, maybe a cop shows up. Because Dusty cop's like, listen, the morning I'm gonna go up there, and then he's like, I'm gonna leave you two to talk and make out or do whatever. Or fuck conjugal. Yeah, conjugal. You know, or uh, whatever that term was. Uh, deliver. 
<laughs> with ship. ship. Yeah, you guys, you could ship it. You could get it. Well, it's like, and the, and the weird thing is, like, Bruce Campbell's not all that, you'd think, you know, his wife got murdered, but they're like, oh, it's so good to see you, and they're all kissy face, it's gross. Exactly, because he's an asshole. He is an asshole. Well, and she's kind of a horrible person, too, for, he like, He is not, a horrible person. She should have been like, listen, I'm not going to make out with you, because your wife just died, and you were having an affair. But that's anyway. the thing, is that they're not actually heroes of this movie, they're just kind of assholes. They're kind of shitty people. Yeah, they're shitty people. Made and so uh, Dusty goes back to the records lady's office, starts rifling through her purse. She's got a file she leaves up on her computer that says it's the Maniac Cop file. Maniac, just, you might as well just say Maniac Cop. My boyfriend or whoever yeah. it is. She has this one white glove she took off his disfigured hand. She starts whomping on him with a cane. And then all of a sudden Maniac Cop shows up. She beats him for a while. The cop, since she's kind of gimpy, she beats him with a cane. He steals her cane. And she's like, well, now that you've meddled, he doesn't trust me anymore, and he's going to come here. And So he rips the cane away from her. She limps, she limps she away, and then that's where she that, discovers the other like cup watch in the room hanging. Yes, light, he, right? see, she's, he's hanging from this, like a light. And then she, the you know hooker cop hears the scream, tries to get out, but that guy is also dead. And she's like, he's here. And then Dusty Cop's like, no, listen, calm down. We're gonna, he's being nice to her. To his credit, but then of course, Maniac Cop reaches through the glass window that all police stations had during that time frame, right? And, and just whips her right through the door, yeah, and uh, beats her up and knocks her out with like a keyboard. So, yeah, I'm gonna assume she's dead. So she died, she's dead, and so you know, McGruff rolls in there, he starts shooting again, filling this guy full of freaking lead and nothing. And you can't he stop starts- Robert Zarla like that. You can't stop who? Robert Zidar. And, uh... By the way, if you're listening to this in your car, uh, you might want to roll the windows up. You don't want to, like, scare anybody else driving. You know, I hate it when the ads come on the radio with the sirens in it, and I'm doing that to a whole lot of people now. And by a whole lot of people, I mean, like, two. But, um... There's more than one. There's more than one at the start. And, uh, so, meanwhile, Maniac Cop is whomping old dusty detective back and forth on those old jagged filing cabinets uh-huh. uh, which are just kind of they seem to be not very full because they move around real easy uh, you know it's the magic of Hollywood and so of course I don't know what dusty cop was thinking the guy can get shot and he's just going to fight him and uh, he apparently took the one guy standing outside the, the jail cell and like stuck his face through it yeah oh yeah and so Bruce Campbell gets the other cops' guns, and he's like, okay, we're going to get out of here. And she's like, they're going to shoot you, because it's a good point. They're like, everybody thinks it's you. They see you with a gun. You know, but of course he doesn't listen because he's a dick. Because he's an asshole. And she's, she's not a winner either, but she at least thinks things through a little bit. So she's like, I'm going to go find Dusty. You go out and wait for me, and if we're not out five minutes, then... Uh, dead panic. Yeah, she goes out in the car and waits, right? There really wasn't a good set. He's like, just go wait, and if we're not out in five minutes... But you know know what I think that really only set up was the fact that they killed Dusty Cop by Mania Cop throwing him out that fucking window and landing on the car next to her. Because Bruce Campbell might have said, go wait in the car, pull up outside the window by the file room, just in case the cop throws somebody at it. Pretty much. And that's yeah. the end of Dusty Cop. It was disappointing because he was the guy that was like figuring everything out, right? 
I kind of thought they might give him like the whole "I'm in the hospital" at the end of the movie. Treatment no, because really he was the good guy of the whole movie. For yeah, the whole I, movie, he was the one that was the most clean, and like he, he died. He, it was such a great twist because I did not expect that. So he dies, and then meanwhile, um, the dumbass like other cop rolls in, and he's like, "Oh, I, you killed all these people, Bruce Campbell. I'm gonna hold a gun on you." And he's like, "I'm gonna call the other cops." And then he realized he's such a good cop, he didn't realize the dead woman laying on the desk by the phone. Yeah. And uh, so Bruce Campbell hits him and takes his gun, and then. Oh, and this is where I asked the question. I was like, Wait, "No, I asked the question. It was at night. This was happening, right? It ended up being like at night or something, right?" Right, and yep. uh, and I wondered. It's like it's at night. Why are all these horns honking all the time? If you listen to the backtrack while they're going through all this stuff, I mean, it's like honk honk, oh, honk honk, honk honk, honk honk. They just played city noise. Like no, it drove me crazy. It's like there's no way at that late at night there's gonna be that many horns honking. Uh, it just drove me batty. But anyway, awesome. uh, I can it's get over it. His escape had a good set of lines where he comes down and faces these two cops and he basically is like, lay on the floor. And he's like, I didn't do this. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you didn't do it. And he's like, lay on the floor and don't move. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, those guys are awesome. Are we going to chase him? He's like, well, he said he didn't he said do it. He said he didn't do it. <laughs> that was and awesome. Here we go. And, and here it is. Okay. Listen, I didn't do any of this. Sure, you didn't. Put your guns over there. All right. On your face, both of you. You heard him. He didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was so amazing. Sure you didn't. Sure you didn't, sir. I'm not going after you. I'm not going to do it. Apparently everything. Well, no, I think they slipped into this weird... They slipped into this weird 20s dialogue. Because he's like, lay on the ground, both both of yous. And then he's like, I didn't do it. And he's like, sure you didn't do it. Wonk, wonk. But, uh, so... Oh, sorry, got the magic fast forward button there. So, and, at any rate, so like Bruce Campbell gets away, right? And he hooks up with a uh, vice cop lady, right? He runs off with vice cop lady. They're gonna go form another plan. Meanwhile, you get the mayor and his aide pissing in the bathroom, and they're like, "Oh, he killed another guy," and he's like, "No, it's Cordell. Yeah. He somehow is alive. We don't know how." And. Uh, Bruce Campbell and later are going to go keep the appointment at Sing Sing, which apparently took a car and a train to get to. Yeah, and that's an important scene, the Sing Sing, because we, now we find the origin the origin of Robert Zadar's Maniac Cup. And so uh, they go to Sing Sing and they sign in as the the uh, cops because back in the late 80s they don't need to look at your picture or anything no it's like oh i'm i'm dusty cop and they're like okay i'm ronald reagan go ahead and let me in and they're like oh okay you're on the list so go on the doctor's office back there we're not going to escort you anything even though this is a prison and they go in the prison infirmary and they talk to uh dr jekyll or whoever the hell it was and they're asking about matt cordell and he's like you know I hadn't gotten to my morning paper yet. I hadn't gotten to my morning paper yet, but he's like, you know, I don't think he should have been in jail. He got done wrong. They knew he, he was kind of like on the cop, the maniac cop side. And he's like, and he's like, we don't think he's really dead. And he's like, no, he's like, 
people in he's like you did the autopsy. He's like people listen. People in prison just get stitched up. They don't get you. We throw them in a pine box. And he's like, can you at least yep. check your file? Yep. And he's like, well, somebody claimed his body. And then for whatever reason, he spills the beans. He's like, he got cut to shreds. And I went to check him, and he wasn't quite dead. So I gave him CPR and revived him. Yeah, and what happened is that like they cut him in such a place where he was brain dead, pretty much. And where they're like, whatever receptors for pain receptors or whatever, did, they're gone. They're gone, right? And he's like, well, listen, he's like... He's like, so he's alive. He's like, yeah, but he was alive in the sense that he could never do anything again. So I was, you know. So I, I thought, him. <laughs> he's like, I really thought, you know, he essentially is dead, even though he's alive. So. And he's like, oh, you know what? I think I want to see your IDs with pictures, which I would think the first round of people should have, you know, maybe covered that. Yeah. And then magically there's Bruce Campbell on the front page. And then he's like, well, I'm just going to pretend you guys weren't even here. And well, you know, we, uh, keeping up with the track record of Sing Sing's medical examiners, I would say that, that he's correct that he's going to pretend they're not going to be there. It's like, I'm pretending on here, and then she's like, that's what you're good at, aren't you, doctor? You know, one of those lines. So, and, of course, I don't even know about it, right? But they kind of like, they, they kind of surprised us on us, right? It was like, oh, by the way, it's March 17th. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's St. Patrick's Day all of a sudden. It's like, oh, okay. Well, and, well, you know, and you know what? I bet that guy, if he was still alive, but he'd like to march in that parade. And meanwhile, the mayor's being a chicken shit, stays in his office. Yeah, well, the thing I liked about the setup for the St. Patrick's Day parade, where the uh, the cops uh, at St. Patrick's Day parade, they were also drinking beers. <laughs> well, and apparently, no cops work on St. Patrick's Day. Well, there are cops there. There are cops there watching the traffic and stuff. But it was like but, it was like. Um, the precinct was empty, except for the one guy. Because uh, but it was mayor... like there was there was like stock footage scene or a couple cops congregating during St. Patrick's Day, and they had like like brown bottles in their hand, and they were just drinking, talking some shit. I was like, that's pretty cool. And meanwhile, um, Hooker Cop goes to the office of the commissioner to say, "Listen, this guy's still alive. We talked to medical examiner. She talked to Gruff Voice well, Chief." Well, Bruce Campbell told her to go up there because he couldn't go up there himself because they'd arrest him on the spot. So they believe he they would believe her more than him. So he was hanging out outside watching this whole thing, right? He's like hanging out by this um, hourly hotel across the street from the police station. And, oh, uh, and that raspy she, guy is still hardcore. That's a hardcore cop. He's in there, and she goes up. She's like, "Listen, it's this," and blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, I don't think so." He's like, "Here's the message I got from from Dusty, and it's basically that there's a female accomplice in the precinct." He's like, "You're a female cop, aren't you?" So they arrested and, him, and they left her. They left her with some sleazeball cop wannabe, right? And I, what I first, he just wanted to make a career. I was thinking he was trying to sexually proposition her. He did. And this is where I put a note, uh, because this is <clears throat> to date ourselves. For those of you who are listening 30 years in the future, uh, with, I put it in my notes. This is a lot like Gotham, actually. Uh, Gotham was a TV show on Fox that talked about the story pre-Batman. Not unlike Smallville, uh, we talked about the story of Superman before Superman happened. But it's a little bit of a twist. Uh, Gotham followed... Jim Gordon in his rise in the police ranks and the rogue gallery of criminals in Gotham and how they rose to power, not only with the mobs, but also those supervillains like the Penguin and whatnot. 
but the big the big difference with Gotham is that uh, Bruce Wayne was just like a kid, and he wasn't really involved with stuff. Whereas in Smallville, it was Clark Kent growing up as Superman. So I put here at this point, I was like, this is not like Gotham because there's crooked cops. There's debauchery, there's some wacky-ass shit going on, there's some super villainry going on. I was like, this is a lot like Gotham. And uh, this this one sleazeball cop who's like, you're going to make my career, I'm going to arrest you, and I'm going to make my name, and I'm going to succeed. I was like, why don't you give me a little something? Why don't you, like, like let's have some sexual relations? And it just totally fit in. I was like, I was like wow, this is, like, batshit insane. So that's why I thought of uh, Gotham because of Batman. Batman. So, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was, uh, uh, slash soapbox. So uh, meanwhile, they're like, "Oh, sleazy cop, come up and cuff her, put her in jail for assisting murder," and they're like, "We're going to the parade, bitch!" And they wander <laughs> up pretty much. And uh, they wandered out of the hallway only to be um, have their throats cut and to be stabbed to death by a maniac cop. Yeah, I wrote, bye, Shaft. And then Shaft and gruffy voice get killed. Uh, meanwhile, um, a sexual harassment cop is hauling her down the hallway. He gets he gets killed by a maniac cop. And then she's she has handcuffed to him. She's handcuffed him. And she's dragging his bloody corpse all over the building. Pretty much. And, she finally like, then, finds the key and gets out, though. Gets the keys, throws a chair out through the window. She climbs she's out, scrappy. right? She's scrappy, and then Maniac Cop's trying to pull her back in. Uh, the cops all run up the stairs. But the one group runs up the stairs, the next group sees Bruce Campbell. Like, Let's catch him! And exactly, they, right? they throw him in a paddy wagon. And then Maniac Cop hijacks the paddy wagon with him in it. So, start driving. um... Yeah, so so that's ex- that that starts uh, car chasing one, which is also you don't see in horror movies, uh, is car chase scenes, but you see a car chase scene in this. Uh, I think it's the first one too. Yeah, um, they do the car chase. Um, Hooker cop gets a guy, and um, he is. She's like, you got to follow that paddy wagon. It's trouble. And so that's you know your walk, somewhat waka chwaka, but bump it up to the eighties, so you get a little bit of this, you get a little eighties um, waka chwaka. It's kind of the. Very. It's very synth. It's very synthy. So, it's like waka chwaka, but with more synthesizer. So, let me just. See if I can get that to behave itself. There we go. And uh, so it's a little more synthesizer friendly, but it's still walk to walk music. And they go, of course, to the docks. Um, um, let's see what else about the docks. Well, okay, so um, car chase happened, right? They're going to the water. Now those docks were scheduled to be like blown away eventually, right? That they're they're already falling apart. Yeah. Is part of the problem. And that they're like, oh no no. Like, go to the docks. He's like, we shouldn't go to the docks. They're falling apart. They're condemned, you know. And so they follow the paddy wagon to the docks. Maniac cop drives in the warehouse. He's trying to hack the lock off the back of the paddy wagon. Oh, it was so good he, timing too, right? He's gonna kill Bruce Campbell. Meanwhile, Hooker cop brings in a double barrel shotgun to blast him. <laughs> Hooker cop and guy who eventually dies. Yeah. 
Hooker cop and expendable cop come in. She like pumps the shotgun and immediately has it taken from her. And he throws her in across the room because he's super strong. And uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, expendable cop runs in, fires a shot. He kills expendable cop, takes her gun. Um, Bruce Campbell tries to shoot him. They have a little fight back and forth. And this is where uh, you see Robert Zadar's face. Robert Zadar's face. <laughs> Pretty much what you expected, because he had his face all slashed apart from knives, so it's all stitched and gross and stuff. His hand is all cut up, too. And this ginormous starts, fucking jowl. He decides he's going to make a run for it. Yeah. So he starts driving out of the warehouse. Bruce Campbell hanging on the side of the truck. He tries to clip him off at the door. doesn't work. And meanwhile, the cops are showing up out front, and Maniac Cop drives into, like, a ship's mast or something. No, and, they drive. Yeah. He ends up toward the pier because... You know, uh, when you're when you're a mutilated zombie cop, uh, you don't really have that much strategy when you're trying to escape. So you, the closest thing that you would come to like a uh, sanctuary would be just driving out in the middle of the ocean. Well, he's or just Lake Michigan, straight. Lake Michigan in this instance. He drives straight forward, and he's uh, not Lake Michigan. In oh, York. in Hudson Bay, whatever. Yeah, in the Hudson River. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. The Hudson. So he drives. He's driving straight ahead. Bruce Campbell hangs on. They do a little stunt scene where the stuntman almost had the van land on him, I might add. Um, the van drives off. Oh, There's man. Stunt- that pier shot? If anything, yeah. if you if, if you have any questions of seeing this movie, you need to see the stunt work where this paddy wagon drives off the It was pier. classic. That was good old-fashioned stunt work because the guy's hanging on who's supposed to be Bruce Campbell, but he's obviously not. Oh. The van shoots off the pier at uh, lots of movies. But you're supposed to, like, okay, the guy's going to jump off to the side. Well, he kind of does, but then the, the way the van falls, he's almost underneath it. Yeah, like, the stunt guy, like, try to kick himself away from it, but he, like, kicks himself underneath it. It is an amazing shot. It is awesome. It's worth seeing. And the last, as the van is hitting the water, you can kind of tell the guy kind of is able to at least steer his fall just far enough away from the van. It was so a great shot. It's this movie like like is worth it just for that scene. That that shot is amazing. It's, it is what stunt work used to be. Yeah. Plus right before you get to see the pole go right through um, Robert Zadar's face. Or right his face. <laughs> his chest, not his face. And you get to see a close his up. His chest. It went through his chest. It went through his chest. So the stuntman is flying off this pier. And the van, I'm just watching to see where it goes. And he's almost underneath the van, and then he comes in just in front of it. So, Yeah, no, it was great. It was beautiful. It was really good. It was a good, um, you know, like if you ever watched The Fall Guy. Yeah. Show. Oh, God. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So, um, the, uh, so that's the end of the movie, right? Well, they, well, you know, they pull the van out of the river. Don't find a body. They, the poles and there's no body, so they pan to the ocean or to the sea. The hand below. crawls out on some like post, which I'm wondering why nobody else is watching the water. And well, apparently he breathes through his hand. So yeah, yeah. His no head comes up; it's just his hand. But we get the final payoff. And the big payoff is they cut away. And they're like, oh, he's not in there. What happened? And so they go to the mayor's office, and they're like, he's like, oh, what's Cardell? And he's like, well, he's dead now. So you're not even worried about it. He's like, yeah. He's like, I know. And so dumb mayor's aide leaves. And the mayor's in there drinking. And he's like, well, be careful with all that booze you're drinking, you dumbass. And uh, so he leaves. And his lovely wood-paneled 
1980s office. But in the current but, but he's in there. He's taking off his his vest because he's you know. And they show you the little St. Patrick's Day pot of gold on his desk and all this stuff. And they cut over to the curtains. Where the mayor's aide could not see a six foot ten behemoth hiding behind the curtains, dripping wet. Yeah, and so basically, you don't see it, but you hear the mayor get killed. Get killed. And here, and here, we'll just we'll, we'll turn the sound up. Hang a second. Let's get right to the. That's the hand coming out of the water. It was Cordell. Eric Cordell. Done. Dunzo. Figured beyond recognition. It could have been some self-office Cordell. I mean, there has to be some rational explanation. Hey, forget about it. That's what you have to tell the public if you want to be reelected. Forget about it. Hold all calls. I don't want to be disturbed. Hey, forget about it. Hey. Have it your own way. Hey. Hey. Go easy on the bottle, Jack. Hey. Yeah. Gutsy. Hey. Ah, fine. And here he goes. He's relaxing. And there's no ominous music yet. So he's like, oh, thank God. There's the horns you're talking about. All the time. Yeah, it is. And he's in his office. Wait for it. Wait for it. There you go. Doesn't get much better than that. Nope. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. And um, so you should know it spawned two sequels, too. And those sequels starred who? Robert Zidar. <laughs> oh, yes. So what do you think? I, uh, what do you think of this movie? Um... It was thumbs up. Kept me interested. A lot of weird stuff. Plus, there were a couple good scenes with some good dialogue with, you know, Officer Exposition. Fuck yeah, I'm a cop. You know. I think there were there good lines. Good, I think... Um, good, it got a little... It got a little hazy at bits, but really, it was pretty entertaining. Uh, the thing that... There's a couple of things that threw me off. One, they, they, they painted Bruce Campbell as a hero. The guy was a fucking asshole. Well, yeah, they kind of made him and his, his mistress, like... Um, the, the heroes and it's like no they weren't you know uh i mean they were and they they were just they just weren't the killers they were but they were shitty people yeah, so, they were pretty much all shitty people except for the detective who got his ass thrown out the window yeah so, the, the the one guy that died that was the other twist is like the one real good guy ate it died halfway through the movie and plus you know plus he had the best line and you're a cop Fucking am a cop. What the fuck are you? You know. <laughs> yeah. So that was the other thing. Is I think it was so fresh. It was, I think that's the thing I would say is it's refreshing in terms of what you would expect, especially around that time, uh, in terms of horror thrillers, maybe cop thrillers and things like that. Like you didn't expect Bruce Campbell to be the hero of the movie because the guy was such a fucking cock. You kind of think that maybe the big twist was he really was the killer. Yeah, just... I mean, it, it totally messed with your expectations, and it, it exceeded it because you were genuinely tricked. It was This movie was like a magic trick, right? It's like, yeah. now you see me, now you don't. And and I think, I think if anything, 
I strongly encourage everybody to not fast forward through this because this is no, a no, great no. movie. It's there's so good stuff. It uh, is, there's stunt work. It, it's a, it's a nice little entertaining movie. It's very it paints <laughs> it paints a grindhouse picture of the eighties in New York. That it probably was one on the tail end before the grindhouse really kind of dried up. Well, this and is, not only that, but I mean, just think of how the crimes happened in New York. I mean, it was the last really good like crime New York movie. Like, you look at New York today, like, after it's been cleaned up, like, you go to Times Square and all that other stuff. It's all oh, super clean and... Creepy 42nd Street. There was there was, a, there was a time where that area was just, like, nasty and nobody a, needs to come out. It's, it's kind just, of a no-man's land, no laws, just porn and drugs. And, and this is, the, uh, this is the, the, the flag in the ground that kind of marked around the last time where that kind of stuff happened. Because you can tell even in this movie the city's kind of being cleaned up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they made a great movie around it. I mean, the whole the thing that really put it over top was that lady popping the cop like that it was just like she heard it on the radio and she pulled out a gun and shot a cop like that doesn't happen today it does not happen today but they made it as in part of the movie and not like she was a criminal this is like a little housewife lady and i don't even know what happened to her like did she go to jail did she get prosecuted i'd imagine that she would but they never really explained that Oh, and just to go back to something we talked at the very beginning, the phone calls that Bruce Campbell's wife were getting was from the clerk lady. Yeah. She was helping She was helping Maniac Cop get a fall guy, and basically they would put all their attention on Bruce. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, he was kind That's... of an asshole. So so you could say that maybe, like, records lady saw that Bruce Campbell was kind of a total asshole. So yeah. it's like, this guy is easy money. Let's do it on this guy. Let's pin it on him, and then my, then my boyfriend slash whatever he is can kill the mayor and get his revenge, and maybe he'll stop killing innocent people. Yeah. That's how so, it so, okay, okay, I can understand that. Thumbs up. That's what the calls were. Thumbs up. Seriously. There's so much to just take to in on this movie. Two and three now, so, you know. I want to see two and three, although the, the I want to see three first because the box, off for the box art for that is amazing. <laughs> but you know why You know why I want to see two and three, Tim? What? Oh, it's got yeah. Robert Zadar in it. <laughs> I don't know the fact of Robert Zadar. Uh, you know, he was actually in a band. He uh, he actually was a musician first. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll have to... Uh, by the way, the siren is going into my regular sound rotation, so just, you know. Oh, <laughs> you might be careful with the old Zadars. <laughs> Anyway, so um, yeah, so we got so he, so Robert Zadar. Oh damn it! Yes, what did he do? He was also also actually a cop in Chicago for some time. Oh well, that all right? That's that's kind of cool. Was he a maniac cop? No, he was just, oh. he was just a cop. Maybe he was a maniac cop, and we just don't know it. And we find out these are like his true story. Oh, the autobiography, Maniac Cop. But uh, no, good movie. Way better than that crap that we watched last time. Um, I'm going to pick another one along the Gonzo classic lines for next time. Dude, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I mean, I know it's our Halloween episode next time, right? It's Gonzo so it'll it's be spooky. It's Gonzo 
I'm looking for some spooky I have action. To go, I have to dig out my spooky sound effects uh, box. Man, I am so excited. I feel like I feel like like I said earlier, I'm Paul Newman. I feel like with this one, I feel like we're back. I feel like we're I, back. I actually have a special treat Ooh. for that. It, Ooh, I'm glad you didn't ask for a trick because I don't think I could do that no, in front of the a, audience. This is actually this will be. Um, It'll be involved. It involves the past and a la some uh, recorded <gasps> moments from the past. Yes. Um, um, something I don't even think you're expecting at all, but it is very. It's very Halloweeny. I want a Halloweeny. You it's had ha- me. Hey, you had me at weenie. Had me at weenie. Well, I've got that prepared. Plus, I'll pick a, a decent movie and does stuff the Halloween side effects and. Uh, provided I'm not being stalked by a maniac cop, I will actually, you know, you'll see some stuff from us. So, on the yeah, I'm so excited about it because uh, we need to, and I would say we should probably throw up the uh, maniac cop three uh, cover art just to kind of, you know. I'm all for that. You know why? Because when uh, so this will come out Friday. We actually recorded earlier a little inside baseball, but yep. hey, go Royals. Uh, we record this a little bit earlier. This comes out on Fridays, right? Usually we do it earlier than this. This we are actually doing it the night before, so it's gonna be fresh out of the oven. That's right. That's like a bun in the oven. And uh, the the Halloween episode that's coming up. You know, follow it's us gonna... on Twitter, on Facebook. Yeah, then we will search be... Gonzo guys. J, yeah, like all one word. You'll find us on there. You can go to the website. There's some columns about drinks if you're interested in that. So I'm um, always interested about drinking, but like the, uh, but it, what's so amazing is that our next episode is going to be actually on Halloween this year. So it's going to be extra spooky, extra spooky. And wait till you see the special, the 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 big secret surprise. I think people will get a kick out of. I hope. And I don't think that all the it's corn in the world can contain it's, that sweetness. It's uncharted water. I think it it may be. Uh, I just won't give it away. I think it will touch on a little bit of our style of our earlier doses. I am excited that I'll be so scared I poop my pants. Well, I've heard it has that effect, so we'll have to see what Ooh, happens. The brown noise, indeed. Let's bring the on. So, this is our uh, primer. We're back. We came back. Do not fast forward, Maniac Cup. No, don't do that at all. Don't and, do that. Watch it, and you know what? Robert Zadar. You're a jowl-faced dog-moment. We should enjoy all your films. You make fun every year, except a couple years. And here's the little spooky outro music from the film. But then it gets into a little Waka Chwaka, so. That's right. And we're bringing the Waka Chwaka this weekend. Now, Halloweeny, Gonzaweeny, Waka Chwaka. Here we go. Yes. Is that what we're going out on? Yeah, we gotta gotta go out with the, the. It's got good music in the credits, so that'll win a lot of the time. Uh, so yeah. it goes from it goes from eerie to this. Back. We're not worried about stocks. No. We're about <laughs> murderous New York cops in the '80s. There it is. It's October. Yeah, don't fast forward it. Watch me in cop one, two, and three. Let us know how they are. We're gonna kick pumpkin spice to the curb. And wait till the Halloween. Wait, it's gonna be a big Gonzaween, so. Gonzaween's coming. Ooh. All right. 
Spooky. Well, spooky. We'll talk to you on Halloween. Don't pass for it. Don't pass for it. <laughs>